0: you don't have your Bible, you can just say this, but we say it every Sunday because I think it's just a declaration that just prepares us for the word of God. Say, this is my Bible. I believe. It is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. I I just love that in all honesty. Just love that confession. Amen. Again, it's so good to see everyone. We've been uh, doing a series on, we call it open relationship in the context of just having intimacy with God in the sense of revelation from his word, hearing his voice, experiencing his presence experiencing the grace of his power in the time of our weaknesses and just so many ways that amen he just wants to openly be in relationship with us Uh, the world talks about blind faith faith is not blind faith is seeing the invisible through the eyes of your spirit the bible says in Hebrews 11 Moses endured seeing him who was invisible. That's an amazing scripture. Obviously, we don't see Jesus through these physical eyes. We don't hear him with these physical ears. But through the eyes of our heart, our born-again spirit, we see him through the ears of our born-again spirit. We hear him. Glory to God. And so we've been entering into this because God wants, Jesus died, amen, so our relationship could be real. Faith is the reality of things unseen. And Brad, I'll give you a heads up. I want to do, show that scourging picture one more time. Not right now, but during the service sometimes. Give a heads up. Jesus paid a price that was infinite. And the Bible says that when he was on the cross and his blood was being shed, the veil was literally rent. The veil was what separated, he had the outer courts, the inner courts, holy of holies. And they had uh, a veil that was about four feet tall, and it was about 18 inches thick. Only once a year, the high priest could go in beyond the veil. But when Jesus was shedding his blood, literally the veil was split in two, symbolizing the Holy Spirit who was behind the veil above the Ark of the Covenant could now come in our hearts. Amen? Jesus comes in our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And relationship could be a reality. So the price has been paid, so I believe God's been blessing this, so we want to enter into some different things. Glory to God. All right. So uh, let's go to John 3. We'll reiterate some things, and then we'll take it from there. In John 3, regarding the new birth, we know that this is in the context of Nicodemus and Jesus sharing about the new birth. John 3 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there we see that word seeing. Seeing the kingdom of God. What's that mean? Well, really, it's seeing the king of the kingdom. It really knowing Jesus intimately. John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born of water, that you're born of water when you're in the in the womb. And and of the spirit, of Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then he gives the rationale for this truth. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Moreover, not that I said unto you must be born again. Religion tries to contact God through the natural mind, right? You know, through the flesh. But you can't, God's spirit. I mean, you can, you don't contact God through statues and icons and, you know, formulas. You contact God through your heart. It's heart to heart. Amen? So I don't care how many, how good you try to be, if you're not born again, it's impossible to have heart to heart relationship. Even going to church doesn't make you a Christian. We've said this many times, but you know, you can go into a garage every Sunday for an hour and a half, but it's not going to make you a car. Amen. You have to enter into the new birth. But it's exciting because one of the things that, you know, we want to enter into is that it's natural to walk in the supernatural. So often, and and I get it, you know, man, sometimes your head can give you problems. Why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? And sometimes your emotions can be honestly out of whack because there's so many reasons. You ate too much, had too much pepperoni on your pizza. It can affect your emotions. You're tired, whatever. You're going through a hard time. But the bottom line is we have to enter into walking by our born-again spirit. So when we need, and every day we need the supernatural, we need to hear the voice of God so we know what to do and what not to do. We need to experience the supernatural. If you care about somebody, and, they're, and whether they're sick or they're struggling with a familiar sin, you, you can pray for them knowing that God's going to come, right? In our own lives. So it's incredibly important for us to understand that as a Christian, we're not trying to get faith. God has given us faith, Romans twelve three in our born-again spirit. We're not trying to get victory. We're trying to, we need to see that God's given us victory. We need to enter into it, okay? That is so important. Because if you're trying to get something that you already have, Satan's going to have dominion over you. Because you're always going to be entering into a place. where are in your, did I do enough? Am I good enough? Did I, you know, whatever. We're never going to be good enough. It's a gift. Amen? So it is so important to understand we are naturally supernatural because Holy Spirit is in us. We have a heart that is supernatural. It's born of God. So we need that. That needs to be our starting place. Amen. In First John three eight, let's go there. You know, it's an amazing First John. Well, every scripture is amazing, but. And first John, I call it the first John Expressway. You know, you've heard of the Romans Road, you know, Romans three twenty-three, all of sinned and fallen short sure of the glory of God. Romans six twenty-three, God's made provision. Romans ten nine and ten, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And first John 3.8 and nine, it's awesome. It says that you know that it says he if you continue continue to commit sin. You know what I'm saying? That's not a good thing. But it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that you don't conventionally commit sin. For God's seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he's born of God. What's that mean? Well, it means you sin through your soul, your mind, your emotions, your you know, willpower, your, your body. But your heart is born of God. You know, if you want a, an apple tree, you plant an, an apple seed, right? It's impossible for an apple seed to produce fig, fig, a fig tree. It's impossible for an apple tree to produce thorns. It's not in the seed. God wants us to know in our born-again spirit, it's not in that are born-again spirit, not to forgive, it's not in our born-again spirit, not to believe, it's not in our born-again spirit, not to win, it's in our born-again spirit, to be forgiving, it's in our born-again spirit, not to be offended, it's in our born-again spirit, to love, it's in our born-again spirit, to believe, it's in our born-again spirit, to overcome. Amen? Glory to God, and that seed is cultivated. Amen. Through the word of God, through prayer, through fellowship. Amen. That's what it's about. That's exciting. Amen. So you're made to win. You're made to win. Glory to God. I remember uh, we had, uh, Kathy, Kathy and we had started a group at Grove City College. It's still there. It's called Warriors. And man, we had up to like 200 students. And, and uh, but anyways, there's these two young men in uh, the fellowship there. And uh, one guy, he, was, he had like a 4 the college, and he had uh, super good luck like, with biology. And he uh, took his MCATs. He got accepted in med school. And another young man, his dad was a doctor, and he's a great young man, but he wasn't that good in science. He wasn't that good in math. He's like me, you know what I'm saying? He's good in you know, like psychology, different things. But it's like, anyway, somehow he got accepted at med school. And, but, and the one young man was just doing really well because it was in him to do well. Man, you know, and he's a doctor today. The other young man, he was struggling so hard. And he hated med school. And he called me up and he said, I don't want to disappoint my mom and dad. He said, it's just like not there. So I got together with him and them with his parents. And, and he, he made a good, the best decision of his life. You know, he, he dropped out of med school because it wasn't him. And he, got, he actually got a doctorate in, in psychology, co- teaches at a college today. But the bottom line is this. Everybody has different giftings, but we all have the gift to walk with Jesus in an amazing way. Amen? So that's the starting point. That's First John 3, 8 and 9. First John 4, four says, greater is he that's in you than it's in the world. Holy Spirit is in us to strengthen us and life us. Amen. Jesus is the vine, we're the branch. We're not the vine. Only Jesus is the vine. But the branch lives through the vine. We live through the Spirit of God within us. And then 1 John 5, 3 and 4, it's awesome. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. We all want to, you know, to do what we're supposed to do. But here's what I love. It says, but his commandments are not difficult to keep. If you would say that to most Christians, it'd be like, wait a second. His, and I asked this in counseling different times. Are the commandments of God hard to keep? i like, hard to keep? What a dumb question. They're almost impossible to keep. And I said, okay, just settle down. And it's like, but the Bible says they're not hard to keep. Why? It goes on. If you read the next verse, they're not hard to keep. Because you're born of God. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even your faith. Not somebody else's faith. Your faith. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Wow. So, you know, so we want to start out understanding that it's natural to walk in the supernatural. Okay. Now we've been sharing a lot. In regards to the word of God. Because the word of God is first and foremost. About being in the spirit. Galatians 5.16. Says if you walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Amen. I love Psalm 4.4. It says stand in awe of God and sin not. A lot of people try to overcome. But it's standing in awe of God. Okay. Glory to God. So. We enter into a place, you know, through the Word of God, you know, it it causes us to be in the Spirit. The Word of God is spirit, John 663. And when united with our spirit, it produces faith. It causes us to overcome. I've shared this before, but I think it bears repetition. When I was a younger Christian, I didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. But I I was the first summer I was a Christian. Uh Man, I was struggling. I said, God, help me, help me, help me. And this words would come to me, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And and, I was like, I was, and and it would frustrate me. You know, I was like a guy in the woods that was lost. You know, you're walking for three miles. You're lost. You're thirsty. You're tired. You see a sign. You think it's going to give you direction. It says, you're lost. You know what I'm saying? I did not, that's how I took that verse. But then I began to see That verse is saying, don't walk in your own strength, but through the strength of the greater one in you. Amen? Glory to God. All right. The word of God is really our fuel. Jesus said, men did not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We've shared so much about the word, and we're going to enter into different things today through the word. But when Jesus gives us his word, Man, you can take it to the bank. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 12, that his word is alive. What's that mean, the word of God is alive? It's quick, it's alive. The Greek word energesis is the word we get energy from. Even more than that, though, actually, you get into a lot of stuff. It's like the splitting of atoms, I mean, that really cause a reaction. But the energy... Man, Jesus, this word is alive. Lord to God. Let's give an example. When uh, in, in Mark 2, when they let the guy through the roof, remember he was uh, a palsy of the palsy. For people let him through the roof. And because there's no room for them where Jesus was ministering. And Jesus looks at the guy. He's paralyzed and says, your sins are forgiven. Then he says, take up your bed and walk. Wow. Well, the guy could have said, hey, the reason they let me down through the roof, and that took some faith, not only for the four men, but for the guy. Can you imagine that? So, but Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Well, see, it wasn't a command given to him. So he would try to walk in his own strength because it was impossible. Intrinsic to the words that Jesus spoke, take up thy bed and walk, was the ability to walk. Amen. See, that excites me. Because when I read about what I'm supposed to do in the word of God, share your faith, you know, uh, live right, that's awesome. But the word is alive. It just doesn't tell me what to do. It gives me strength to do it because it causes the life of God that was in Jesus to be in me to carry it out. Amen? This is him. His words. When Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. Intrinsic to these words is the ability to walk through the one that spoke these words. So when I get in the word, a lot of people get frustrated for getting in the word. Because it's like, okay, I see this, but how does it work? Well, it works because it works. It works because intrinsic to these words is the life of God. So when Jesus says, you know, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Well, someone says, well, I've been offended at church. I've been, you know, hurt at church. Well, you know what? We've all been offended. But the reason that we have grace to come is because it's awesome, because the love of God's there, but also because intrinsic to his commands is the ability to carry them out. Amen? See, that's real. That's exciting. So we enter in to the word, to being in the spirit, first and foremost through the written word of God. The prophetic word of God, obviously, is a key. But the written word has to be first, okay? All right. So let's look at some examples, I think, that'll help us in the context of being able to mix our faith with the word of God. You know, a lot of times, God gives us a revelation from the word. Might be someone teaching the word. In your quiet time, God accentuates a verse. And man, you say, that is awesome. I've never seen that before. Wow. But then the enemy will always come, according to the parable of Sower in Mark 4, to try to take it away. You know, I'll never forget. I've shared this before, but I think it's such a good example. Uh, a guy that uh, he is an elder in an Orthodox Presbyterian church. He was... Uh, head of a a department at the university here. And uh, there's two things that uh, he had entered into that I was able to help him with, and he helped me with things in my life as well. But we would walk around the old truck together, and uh, he just shared with me in a struggle with forgiveness and someone that hurt him. And uh, I just said, you know, Jesus began to minister to him where he saw he needed to forgive. So he said, Okay. So he came back, he said, You know, I, I asked for, I, I forgave that person. And he said, But you know, I still feel animosity towards them. I feel like it hasn't taken yet. And I said, You know what? Here's the deal you did what the word said. You thank God that forgiveness was, is in your heart. You acted on what's in your heart. You enter into seeing that the emotions might come later. Sometimes they come at the beginning. Sometimes they come in the middle. Sometimes they come out, come on the end. But we said this many times. The engine will run with or without the caboose. And, and I, a couple weeks later, I said, you know what? I said, what? He said, it's begun to take. See, he mixed his faith and kept on it. Amen? Until it became a reality in his soul, in his life. And then he came down with uh, real bad case of a uh, type of cancer. And, uh, and Jesus helped him. And he told me and I went out to where he was in Greenville, at, at a center, a hospital up there. And uh, and Jesus just came as we entered in. But the next day, he said, you know what? He's, he's from the deep south. And he said, man, the, the glory of yesterday. And, he, he, you know, he had a real good, uh, linguistically in the way with words is this kind of it's like fell to the ground today and I don't sense anything and I said doc here's the deal we believed yesterday and you sensed Jesus now the pains there is never before but we're what you experienced yesterday was through the word of God so we'll believe it amen so all of us are mixing our faith so let's look at this because this is where the tire hits the road and This is where things are so important, okay? So let's take a few verses. I did this last Sunday, and let's do it again, okay? The word of God is the key. The word of God is the key. So let's look at some verses. Uh, Different times. You know, you're dealing with a situation. that It's in the natural. It's impossible for something to happen. I had a friend that, uh, years ago, he was going to the University of Pittsburgh, and she was uh, involved in nuclear medicine. And he was going through some tough classes. And he said, I know I'm supposed to be here. I know God's given me the ability to do this. But he's like, I just, man, it is so difficult. So we just kept agreeing together, and and he got his degree. But what I'm saying is God made a way for him. God gave him favor with some professors. God helped them in some ways. God, he can make something out of nothing. Amen? Where there is no way, God can make a way. Because he is the way. Because in the spirit realm, it's already been made. So let's look at two verses. Genesis 1, 1 to 3. We've done this before. Let's look at it again, because it's so powerful. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But that just settles it. God created the heaven and earth. Amen? Only God can create. Glory to God. Only God can create. And the earth was without form. It was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Mm. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Now, then God said, let there be light and there was light. Now, this can... Apply to someone that's not born again? I mean, there's a void in their life, obviously, and they're filled with darkness. And the Spirit of God is still moving. He's convicting that person. The Bible says, of sin, righteousness, and of judges, I've sinned because they really don't know me, he says. I've righteousness because, man, in the natural, we don't know what's right. In the days we're living, it's like evil looks like good and good looks like evil. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged, John 16, 7 to 11. So he moves. How many can remember when Holy Spirit, before you were saved, was moving on you, working, trying to convince you that Jesus is amazing, that man, he's the way, the truth and the life. And many of us, I know myself, we were like, not today, right? Not now, or I'm not sure about that. But Holy Spirit moved. And he's speaking to us. And when we agreed with the word that he was speaking to us, light came. Amen? Darkness left. Evil left. We became a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.6. So we can relate this to our situations. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians, let's start with verse uh, 3. It says, but if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Now we'll go to verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves for, well, verse 4, I'm sorry. It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So when you're praying for those who are not saved, man, break the spirit of blindness and know when you share the word of God, the word of God gives light so they can see the reality of the gospel. So you break blindness and know that what you're sharing is light and light's greater than darkness. We need to understand that we have the leverage over the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know what I'm saying? When you share the gospel, don't apologize for sharing it. Amen? I tell you what, they're not doing you a favor for listening. You're doing them a favor by sharing. Amen? Be confident that light is greater than darkness. Well, I'm not into this because I don't know this. Well, guess what? You know it now because Jesus is sharing with you his heart, right? We need to know we have leverage through the fire of God. I love that song. You provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. Man, God provides fire, okay? So 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Man, God's the creator God. God is light. He causes something to come out of nothing. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. God causes us who are nobodies to become somebodies. God makes something out of nothing. Glory to God. But I love this verse that says, but God God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, and if you look at most biblical references, it goes back to what we just read in in Genesis 1, 1 to 3. The shine and has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What's that mean? That we're told, no matter how dark someone's life is, maybe they were abused many times, maybe they grew up in an environment that was just very much contrary to faith. But the light shines in darkness through us. Because, see, you can't give what you don't have. And we've been given this. The light now shines in us and through us to give the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Not to give the knowledge of legalism, not to give the knowledge of religion, but to give the knowledge of the person, amen, of Jesus Glory to God. In the face of Jesus. How, how does that happen? How does that happen? Well, this is what I really, I believe the Lord really wants to get into, I believe it will help all of us. When you get into the word of God, when you get into prayer, it causes you to see the face of Jesus. You know, Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, but we're not going to go there for time's sake. We, we, almost all of us know the story. God, two sons, and the one son comes to him and says, hey, I want my inheritance, a lot of money. Man, if I was this guy, I'd say, really? Man, you're not getting a penny. But God let him take the inheritance because he loved him more than the money that he had you know God lets us prosper at times God gives us giftings knowing that we're going to enter into selfishness and do all kinds of things wrong with it so he ends up he has he enters into sexual sin enters into all this stuff ends up in a pig pen and he's thinking man my father's prosperous I know he's not going to let me be my, his son again, but I'll go back and just ask him to be one of the hired servants because I'm eating these husks that are left over from the pigs and his hired servants are being blessed. So he gets out of the pig pen and the Bible says the father's looking for him. See, God gives us his word because you ever hear the expression, I see what you're saying? God gives us his word so we can see what he's saying. So many people come back to Jesus because of Luke 15. Because they see a God that didn't reprimand him, that didn't make him suffer. They see a God of mercy that accepted this young man back. And even though he smelled like pigs, even though he had ruined the family name, Even though he took all the money out of the bank account, or at least a a significant part of it, they see a God who embraces this man and says, you know what? You're not only forgiven. You're not only my son. I just want to bless you. Wow. See, we see the face of God for that. How much more do we see the face of Jesus through his ministry. In Mark chapter 2, and it's also recorded in Luke chapter 5, the leper comes to him and says, I know you can heal me, but do you really want to? And Jesus looks at him with compassion. And before he prays, he lays hands on him, puts his hand right in the midst of the leprosy. Obviously, which was contagious. Letting him know that he is one with him. The man not only got healed, he saw the face of Jesus. And see, we see the face of Jesus. Because the word... Gives lights. Psalm 119, 130. Glory to Jesus. The Word gives lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Holy Spirit. Seeing the eyes of God, the face of Jesus. We were in campus ministry a while ago, and uh, there's two students, we were on a retreat, and they came to me, and there are two guys, there's Struggling with some things. And they said, man, we're just, you know, struggling with this and this. I said, okay. I said, here's what I want you to do. Just seek God and see what scriptures God gives you. And they both separately sought God. They both came up with the same verse. It said, I made a covenant with God through his eyes. Some translations say, I made a covenant with God in the book of Jobs through my eyes. And one's a pastor today, another one's an elder in his church. But you see, they didn't overcome by willpower. They overcame by the face of Jesus. Whew. Again, I love that song we sing today. I mean, there's fire in his eyes. Can some... If you see the fire in God's eyes and his passion for you, you will enter in the fire being on fire for him. See, the problem is, we say, I just want to be on fire for you, God. But if you don't see the fire within him for you, you're not going to be able to be on fire for him. It's action and reaction, right? We love him because he first loved us. We see the fire within his eyes. Glory to God. See, again, the scripture in the face of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Mm. In the book of Galatians, Paul said, I paint a picture of Jesus crucified so you can see how much he loved you by the degree he suffered for you. Right now, I'm working on a book called How Much Did Jesus Suffer? Because I get so appalled these pictures of Jesus on the cross like he's just coming back from vacation. It's like he's just... He's this... Now, I believe the reason that he's portrayed like that is so people don't see the price that he paid. If you don't see the real price he paid, maybe your sins aren't that bad because the price he paid are going to be correlative to your sinfulness. Hmm. So, a lot of you know in my office I have a picture that uh, Dan McAdoo, right? it's just of Jesus being scourged and according to what the Bible says. Because again, a picture is worth a thousand words. Amen. So, if I put this, oh, I didn't even know this was up. I, I really don't even like to put this, up, put this up because it's so, but I do like to put it up because if I'm feeling sorry for myself, What was me, you know, I got a parking ticket. Oh, my God. you know, the non-Christians, how come they didn't get ticketed? And I did, Lord Jesus. And I'm feeling sorry for myself. I had to wait an extra five minutes to get my burger my way. And now I'm angry at God. Come on. Do you know what I'm saying? Seriously? Maybe the non-Christians didn't get ticketed because God was trying to show mercy, and I had enough to know better, not to park there. Amen. But then I look at this, and all of a sudden, my eyes are not on me. My eyes are not on how somebody may have offended me. My eyes are on this. It, it changes our lives. And now when the devil says, First Peter 2.24, by his straps you're healed, well, that really doesn't mean what it says or, hey, he tries to minimize it. Now, I have a picture that goes with that verse. And see, the man that sees, the man that knows will never be in bondage to the emotions, the the mind, natural mind, the soul. (sighs) See, the word, the entrance of his word giveth light. But it gives light for us to see inside the heart of God. We're going to look at this more and then talk about this more next week. But it gives us light to see his heart. When people read or hear the scriptures relating to the prod- prodigal, it gives them light on the mercy of God. Amen. And by the way, there were two prodigals. The second son did everything right, but he got angry when his, son, when his brother came home and was forgiven. That man represents religion. He said, man, I, I, I've done all these things, but you've never given me anything. What did the father say? Everything I have has always been yours. Mm. All right. So we enter in. We see the mercy of God through the scriptures regarding the prodigal son, the leper, and it goes on and on. Let's, let's keep. by we see the truth through the First Peter two twenty four of Jesus being scourged over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again so we could be whole. Wow. Now we begin to see his passion for us. You know, how many have seen the, the, the movie The Passion of the Christ? I, I tell you what, it, it impacted me a lot. It was being showed uh, at the Guthrie Theater up in Grove City years ago when it first came out. And there was a group of us. Uh, we watched it. I'll be honest with you, I could, I could not watch the totality of all the straps that they showed him taken. And I just had to put my head down. But afterwards we went out and as people were coming out, we just started talking to them. Almost every person asked, why do you think he had to suffer that much? And we said, because of the magnitude of our sinfulness. But it showed whether that person was an unbeliever or a Christian, the passion That Jesus had for them. That's the appropriate name of the movie. Amen. The passion that Jesus had for us. Wow. Glory to God. Picture's worth a thousand words. Amen. Go with me to John 11. Mm. Let's look at this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Aren't you glad that The key to Jesus, the walking with Jesus, is Jesus. Amen? We make it so hard. The key to Jesus is Jesus. Amen? Someone said wisdom is this. Wisdom is making the main thing the main thing. Sing the heart of God. And the more you look in this book, The more you fellowship with people that look in this book and learn from one another and learn from fivefold ministry and fellowship, the more you're going to see Jesus. Amen. In journal 11, we see that, you know, a friend that Jesus was very close with, Lazarus, died. And you see his response. First of all he says the sickness is not in a death but for the glory of God. That the son of God might be glorified thereby through raising him again. But you see his response. And you see the response of Mary and Martha. In verse 3 they said Lord he whom you love is sick. Help us. They didn't say he who keeps the law the best is sick. They said he whom you love is sick. Not he who won the most souls. He who gave the most money. All that's good. But they said, he who you love is sick. And in verse 5 it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. Faith works by love. Amen. So Jesus, when he comes uh, to Bethany where they're from, First, Martha runs unto him, verse 20, and Jesus, well, let's read it. John eleven twenty. then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was kind, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's interesting. Jesus said, if I'd been there, he would not have died. So it tells you that everything that happens to you is not the will of God. The enemy can cause some things to happen. When Jesus calmed the storm, the the water was filling the boat, the ship to where it's almost sinking. Jesus, you know, he spoke peace, right? The enemy can cause things to happen. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Then she says, I know on the last day, you know, he'll be risen. But he said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, Jesus was life. He's always been life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. So, here's what I want you to see. What she needed regarding her brother was inside of Jesus. See, that's the whole key. We shared on this last week, and we'll share it on it, it every day. You know, you need, we, all of us need to meditate on this daily, on the heart of God. Because the Bible says yesterday's manna doesn't work for today. Doesn't mean what's been imparted to you, you can't mix faith with. But what you have to eat every day of Jesus, amen? So Lazarus is, is dead. And he said, what he she say? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. She didn't catch it. See, what Lazarus needed was inside the heart of Jesus. There's nothing that we need that's not inside the heart of God. Nothing. Someone says, man, I've been traumatized so much by, man, what happened to me. And I empathize with you but we have a counseling center that's, you know, overloaded. At the same time, we've got to see. It's one thing to be empathetic, and, and that's awesome. Amen? We need to be empathetic, compassionate. But we also need to have an answer. Empathy only goes so far. It's great that someone knows you care, but you have to go beyond caring to provide a solution, amen, through Jesus. You know, no matter what the need is, the provision's inside the heart of God. That's why we've gone through the names of God, we're going to enter into even more names. You know, he's the God that, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, most of all spiritual, for intimacy. It's inside him. Amen. See, man, if you run out of gas or you're low on gas, all right, and there's a gas station a mile down the road, you know you can make it. But you go somewhere else, maybe to somebody's house that doesn't have gas, or you go somewhere. I know it sounds crazy, but guess what? If you don't go where the gas station is, I don't care how much you pray, most likely you're, not going, you're going to go on empty and you're going to run out of gas. When we have a need, we need to look into the heart of God and then we need to partake of what we see and we'll see how far we get with that today. Okay? Well, we're talking right now about seeing in the heart of God. So again, John eleven is here, as every scripture is here, so we can see the heart of God. So let's look at just two verses. Mm. That I think will help all of us, and they have helped many. And John eleven. Mary comes to Jesus now after Martha goes back and says, the master calleth for thee. Okay. And when Mary comes, let, let's get this. It says, uh, verse 32, John eleven thirty-two. 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, this is the third time. You hear that expression. Now when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also which came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? Now Jesus is the one that says, do not be troubled, right? Be at peace. But he let himself be troubled. That means it just got a hold of him. It was like the Greek word, for in his spirit is the as, as embrima mahi. It means to feel the pain of others. It means to be overwhelmed almost in the sense that it just takes you over because you love somebody so much. Just like when he put his hand in the midst of the leprosy, now he's entering in. The how his sisters feel, he's entering into the loss. He's entering in. Man, when you go through a hard time, sometimes you feel alone. Sometimes you feel like God's not there. Sometimes you feel like God's forsaken you. But it's, a, it's not true. Amen? He's always there. Man, he hurts more than you do. But there's a battle sometimes. What's the key? Keep seeing into his heart and then declare what you see. In John eleven thirty five, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. It just says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Wow. In the story of the prodigal, you see the day that God ran. You see the day that God ran. God ran to his son. Who was, an, who was such a mess. He runs to us daily. Amen. Glory to God. We need to run to him. Amen. And meet together. Glory to God. But here you see Jesus wept. Wow. Wow. Here's the king of kings. Lord of lords. And he's weeping. Wow. He weeps. When we choose sin over him, he weeps when we cowardly don't share the gospel because we're afraid of being rejected. This is strong. Sometimes rejection is a reaction to being rejected a lot that we need to overcome. And sometimes rejection is just selfishness, the fear of rejection I'm talking about. Mm, Don't shut me down when I'm teaching good. Amen? He weeps. The Bible says he's easily grieved. See, I'm amazed at the awesomeness of, of God, not to the point where I need to be, all of us are growing in it. But the thing I think I'm amazed most at is that he's a God that lets himself be hurt by us. The Bible says, grieve not, Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's in you when you sin. When I sin. When I don't forgive, whatever. Jesus wept. I think it make a big difference. Rather than trying to get God to help us in a very difficult time, We look at his tears and his readiness to wipe the tears away from our eyes. See, we're back to 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Whatever you do, do in the face of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? People that are unsaved, they might not understand your doctrine. They may not understand the four spiritual laws. But you know what? They can tell if you've been with Jesus. May I actually mean, teach you why well, do you see a, I'm telling somebody this recently this recent, I think in one class I had like four or five kids committed murder. They're tough kids. And you try to get, but they could tell if you're genuine or not. Whether, you, you know. The face of Jesus. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again because it changed my life. I grew up in an area, I didn't think it was that bad, but it it was a pretty bad area. One of my best friends lived two houses up. He got murdered. My other friend, about five houses up, he was a drug dealer. He got murdered. On and on. And uh, there's there's a lot lot of drinking, a lot of drugs and stuff. And uh, my mother had spinal bifida and a lot of suffering. And... And anyways, I had the privilege of leading her to Jesus, but before that, she was laid in, in bed, and I was like in a chair. And she said, I want you to promise me something. And, and, I, and I, I was into a lot of trouble. I was in just hurt people hurt people. And I, that man that just messed me up, you know, seeing her pain. And uh, she looked at me, she had the biggest brown eyes, and she said... Uh, She had tears coming down. She said, I just want you to promise me one thing. I said, okay. She said, "Uh, just no drugs. No drugs. Well, there's drugs all around me. My friend who got killed, he's always offering me drugs, seriously. And uh, sometimes you feel like taking them to get away, right? Virtual reality, whatever. But the thing is, that kept me from doing them was her face. It was her face. And I, I, I would when I would be tempted, even then, you know, I I saw her face. Her big brown eyes and her request. It's time that we show the world the difference between religion and Jesus. Religion does things being motivated that if they do it, they might be accepted by God. Sometimes they do it in deception, but you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Or sometimes they do it in pride and arrogance. Our motivation, we've been accepted, is to minister to the heart of God because we've seen his face. And when someone says, wow, you prayed for this person and, and they walked. Wow, I, I, you know, you got out of this addiction. You did this, you did that. How'd you do it? You tell them by the power of the gospel. And because I've seen the face of Jesus Christ. Not because some formula I entered in through being able to keep the law. But I've seen the face of Jesus Christ. When that person comes to Jesus, they're going to stay saved. They're going to to walk with Jesus in a way that is because they came to Jesus for Jesus. Every day we have the privilege through the Word of God first, through the testimonies of others, through the encouragement of others. To see the face of Jesus. It's not an obligation. It's a privilege to get into the word. The devil will always try to keep you from it. You can't understand it. This is not for you. No, it is for you. It's for me. What a privilege to see the face of Jesus through the word. I'll close with this. I was talking to a guy. He was... uh, the main Bible professor for a Christian college. I won't say where it was at. And we were sharing together, and he said, you know what? I said, what? He said, I hate getting into the Bible. (laughs) That's a true story. I said, what? He's a good, and he can teach the Bible. Hundreds of students. I said, you're the Bible teacher at the school. He said, yeah. I said, why do you hate getting the word? He said, well, I can have a lot of knowledge. I can teach it. But he said, every time I get into the word, it condemns me. Because I see who I'm not. And I said, with all due respect, the word of God is to show who God is to you and who you are to him. This is a true story. I'd say in about six months, he got on fire for God. Because he began to see the heart of God. I would encourage you today. If there's a battle in your life or you're doing well. See the glory. Esteem the glory of God's face. And esteem the word of God because it enables you to see the face of God more and more, clearer and clearer every day. And be excited about it. Be in awe about it. That we have this word to see. We have Holy Spirit. To cause it. His face to be seen. Just enter in. To worshiping Jesus. For his face. For who he is. And for the word. That communicates his face to you. And if someone's listening to my voice right now. And. Man, either you're not a Christian or you're struggling. God wants you to know that he has provision. But his provision is not in a formula. His provision is not in an icon. His provision is not even in a church, even though church is really good to go to. But only if it causes you to see the face of God. His provision is in him look at his heart today and say, Jesus, I see your heart because you did die for me. I want you Just say, I repent of my sins, my selfishness, my, I repent, I want you.